Hello! If you have listened to Poppet before, you have probably deduced that it is Molly O'Connor's destiny to someday appear on Jeopardy. And so when we found out that Worcester's own Brendan Sargent was going to be on the show on Tuesday, March 16th this evening, we decided to sit down and speak with him to get a few pointers. Uh, Please suffer through our walk down memory lane. Brendan and I also appeared in a high school production of Jesus Christ Superstar. And speaking of the arts, we want to thank the Worcester Arts Council, who is funding us for another year of quality programming to uplift the voices of women in the city of Worcester. So stay tuned for more details. We're going to be doing some workshops in the future as well as a live show. Uh, Okay, without further ado, I hope you'll tune into Jeopardy tonight. Enjoy the episode. I'm Molly O'Connor. And I'm Sarah Connell Sanders. And you're listening to Pop It. This is the podcast for popping questions, popping bottles, and pop culture. Oh boy. Um, I, I dug up, I have a surprise for you that won't, it does not really work for the podcast per se, but I, uh, oh, I dug oh, up. Oh yeah, we can post anything. <laughs> two pictures. Um, there were no pictures of us that I had together, which makes sense, I guess. Um, but if you, if you let me share my screen, I will, I will show them to you and then you can post them. One of them is me and Meg Quick and I got her permission. That if you do want to post it, you can post it. I asked her. I love that. Um, <laughs> And the other one is just you. Oh, my God. So we were talking about it, and Sarah was like, I don't remember. She was like, he definitely had a part, though. And we were, like, trying to deduce, and I was like, was it Peter? Did you play Peter? No, I was Judas. Judas! You said it wasn't Judas! I was like, I don't think he was Judas, but I remember someone slapped someone else. So you must have been the number one talent in the pool if you played Judas. Yeah, so that's what I said. I was like... Your words, okay? Not mine. (laughs) Well, like... Evie's, I mean, like, the most talented person doesn't play Jesus. They play Judas. Judas has all the good stuff. I mean, besides, like, Gethsemane, but, like, other than that, like, Judas is the part that everyone wants. Yeah. I mean, it was certainly the part I wanted. Um, And I think it was somebody, so I think it was, if I remember correctly, it was a bit controversial because I was new to the church. Um, I was, and I only joined Christ the King to do the musical. Like, I wasn't. (laughs) I wasn't really like a church kid per se, but I was like, yeah, I want to do Jesus Christ Superstar. I love the musical. My sister was in it when she was in high school and I got the role of Judas. And I think there was somebody who had been in like three or four, three years in a row in the musical. And they, they quit because <gasps> they didn't get Judas. But like I forget who it was. Drama. It was my first one too, I think. So I don't even know. I did the same thing you did. It was like my boyfriend was in CYC and I wanted to go on the retreat. And we snuck out (laughs) and they snuck into the girl's mansion on the night of the retreat. But then I was saying to Molly, I was like, it was so innocent. We like kissed. And I was like, (gasps) so scandalous. I'm part of the Catholic Youth Council. And I was saying like when I was in, when I was in like, I think like eighth through 10th grade, me and my friends all got involved with like one of those, like whatever in Auburn it was like, I think it was some, I don't, was it Catholic? Well, anyways, it was like one of those like teen, teen church groups. And I was like, yeah, I joined it so I could go to like the rent them outlets for some reason, like for whatever reason it was. Yeah. They were like, they were like a handful of kids who were doing it for the right reasons and good for them. But yeah. it was not my cousin Casey, who was a by like senior year of high school. He won't mind me saying this. He was by his senior year of high school, a professed atheist, 
joined one of those and went on an actual mission trip so that he could go to Cedar Point. You know, we all had our motivations, but they just hoped that it would rub off on us, the good values. And I think it did. I think it did. I certainly know more about the last few days of the life of Jesus Christ because of being in that musical. I always say, yeah, my, my, um, like Christian education came only from musicals. I know, I I know everything about the book of Matthew. Godspell. From, from Godspell. Yeah. Yeah. I went to Catholic college and I remember for my faith final for all the kids that went to Catholic school was so easy, but I really struggled because I had gone to public school and I just listened to the soundtrack of Jesus Christ superstar to study. I was like, I know this by heart. Yeah. Where did you go to college, Sarah? I ended up at Fordham University, so it's in the Bronx. Oh, that's right. That was my, I almost went there for musical theater. That would have been my yeah. second choice. <gasps> Where uh, did but you I went to, Fairfield. to Fairfield. To Fairfield. Oh, very, good. like, yeah. same, uh, same idea. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, but I loved Fordham. I, I it was like, it, it was, it was a tough decision. I, mo- it mostly landed on, I wanted a, um, more of like a traditional campus than a city feel. Yeah. But it was close. It was a close call. And you're a St. John's boy, right? I am, yes. I thought so. We were trying to, I was like, oh my God, I haven't seen Brendan in like a decade or whatever, but yeah. it's very cool. Wait, It's okay. been a very long time. So first of all, we're both teachers. <laughs> yes. So I saw your yes. full-time job is in education. Yeah. So I was a teacher. I did teach for America when mm-hmm. I left college and taught in Chelsea, Mass. for five years. And then when I moved to LA, I wanted to do, I wanted to do like comedy and acting and stuff. And I just felt like between the time and like the content of like being a comedian, it just felt like I probably shouldn't be a teacher. And I kind of wanted to like try something new. Um, And so I, I started working for this nonprofit called Educators for Excellence and we do education policy work. So basically the goal is to like get teachers more involved with their unions or get teachers more engaged with the political process so that like they're, you know, they have a voice in those conversations. The, the, the kind of catchy slogan that I use when I'm organizing is if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. And that has kind of been the case with teachers. So um, it's been cool. It's been, and now I work for the national side of things. So I'm like coaching all the organizers who are doing that. And um, it's cool. It's, it's certainly not as, fulfilling as teaching was. And I definitely miss like the student interaction. Although since I posted about Jeopardy, I've a a bunch of my former students have reached out who are all like in their twenties now, which is makes me feel really old, but um, it's been very cool to reconnect with a bunch of kiddos. That's awesome. Wait, what grade did you teach when you were in the classroom? Uh, Sophomores. Oh (laughs) yeah. Sophomore. And then by the end of, by the end of the fifth year, I think I had a couple classes of juniors and seniors um, but it was mostly sophomores. Yeah. What did you teach? Was it theater or was uh, it like English. English? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I have seventh yeah. and eighth grade. You've got three, four, five. Third, fourth, and fifth. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Represent yeah, the I full. Think there should be... Yeah. I, I've always thought, I mean, I, it, high school's not easy, but I've always thought there should be a, a, a what's the word I'm looking for? Descending pay scale for like, preschool should be paid the most and high school teachers should be paid the least, like still more than they're paid now. But like the idea of teaching middle school, even teaching freshmen to me was I had to sub a couple freshman classes and I was like, I can't do it there. It's I just can't do it. 
I love middle school. It's funny because that's how I feel about middle school on like the opposite end of it. Like the like, like the like intermediate level. I'm like eighth graders. No, 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 no. But I tried elementary and that's how I felt. I was like, they want me to tie their shoes. (laughs) I don't get it. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, ah, that to be fair though. I think that's only happening once or twice at this level. <laughs> and they throw up a lot. The little they ones, do they throw, throw up sometimes. Yeah. I've heard that. I've also heard they cry a lot. Like sometimes because of things you have said and that I don't think I, cause I, I yeah. the nice thing with 10th graders was you could be like a little bit to very sarcastic with them. And that was yeah. eventually when I got comfortable with my, like my voice and my persona as a teacher, I, I would lean on that a lot with kids and Mm -hmm. never made one of them cry. (laughs) But I feel like if I, if I like snap, like, you know, if I tried to make like a cheeky, like sarcastic joke to a third grade and they started crying, it would like ruin my entire year and I would feel so terrible. So um, yeah, I think I, I think I was in the right spot. The fourth and fifth graders tend to catch it. Like they're pretty good. And they're like, they like seem to know. Cause sometimes they're like, I'm teasing. They're like, yeah, I know. (laughs) And then like, yeah. So like, luckily like third is the youngest I have. And they're like, there many of them are okay with that and you can kind of like ease them in when they first get there though when they're like still second graders you're just like you're so little you're so small yeah. but brendan your story yeah. reminds me of sean Connolly. do you know <laughs> i know i know of sean like our pets probably crossed in worcester a handful of times and i know that he's kind of like the preeminent worcester comedian these days he's um, a good organizer think- yeah Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't I don't know him that well. I knew um like I knew of him in high school. He was he was likely a lot cooler than I was in high school. So um I just kind of like <laughs> knew about him. I just assume everybody who went to Doherty was or Burncoat was cooler than anybody I knew at St. John's for the most part. So, Aw, uh, that's very kind. That's the attitude. I I mean I think that's fair, just considering like the people I knew who went to St. John's. Oh my God. I always loved you and Andrew Brink and Patrick Galvin. I remember being yes. like, and um, oh my God, what's his name? O'Connell or Kevin, Kevin. Oh, Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were such nice kids. And I was like, all right, St. John's isn't so bad, you know? <laughs> I think ironically, uh, Brink definitely didn't graduate from St. John's. I think he ended up at Doherty. Um, but Kevin, I think, ended up graduating from St. John's, and I, mm, I don't know if Pat Galvin did. I think Pat Galvin ended up at Doherty, so everyone great. comes over. From St. John's, Molly. Um, they would have been younger, I think, right? I don't remember. I don't, you two might be the Eric, same age. Eric Barry, what year did you graduate high school? 2008. What year did you graduate high okay. school? Okay, 07. Eric Barry, I think, was in one of. Speaking of like like blondish weird Christian groups that we were a part of, I think Eric Berry was one of my like uh, leadership institute kids when I was like a senior. He was like he was a really nice kid. Like I remember he was super nice, and then some of the other ones I was like Corey, Corey Brooks, Corey untied my bathing suit one time <gasps> I, uh, in the pool at night and i, I will take out his never name forgot on this recording no, don't but. take out his name make him live in this <laughs> call him out yeah um you don't um, seem overly upset about it i think at the time i was well i at the time i just went with it and then i remember thinking back about how at that time in high school i was so like unsure of myself and unsure of my friend group i ended up like i wasn't even i was not part of that friend group like after my sophomore year and it wasn't because of that <laughs> although that i don't know that is 
like but then the I was just like right but then it was like the group of the, the like as a whole I was like I don't think that these people are my friends mm-hmm. um it was like you know the girls that I was friends with like primarily hung out with like the boys who went to St. John's or whatever it was I don't know um and I liked Corey but I just never forgot that I was like yeah as you shouldn't <laughs> yeah and I just I just was I, I very unsure I don't think I ever did anything that egregious, but I, I can at least relate to the idea of, of doing something that, that you hope is funny, like, because you're just like desperately trying to make other people laugh and yes. get approval. So on behalf of St. John's men <laughs> all over the world, I apologize for him doing that. Thank we you. should have taught him oh, better. Thank you. We didn't. <laughs> I went to um, one dance and I was so overwhelmed and it wasn't because of, it wasn't like there was no one's fault. It was just, oh, it's, it was overwhelming. <laughs> Yeah, there's a comedian named Mike Birbiglia who does a yes. bit about St. John's dances yep. um, specifically and how it's like herding cattle and how like you know, just horrible and undignified the whole thing is. And it's very funny. Yeah, I think I was watching that once with my mom and she was like, you went to one of those. Is that what it was like? And I was like, yes, <laughs> it was weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, yeah, I love him. Anytime he's just like, what up, Shrewsbury? <laughs> like yeah i saw him at the hanover theater actually um and i got to i got to chat with him for a little while and he was extremely nice and i told him i went to st john's and he was still nice so that's good yeah i i saw him do the new one at foxwoods and it was just thrilling he's a oh we maybe we were at the same show i also saw him at foxwoods you see yeah the new when he when he did the new one tour yeah it was and then everyone cried i've seen him live a couple (laughs) of times actually um so i've seen him in la too so yeah Yeah. i I think he's hilarious i think he's a brilliant storyteller and comedian a big fan Uh, so you're in la full-time i am yeah oh i was actually wondering about that because i was like oh are they flying people out or like because i know that sometimes sometimes jeopardy films in la and then sometimes they go places right so my understanding and and i and i don't know if i'll if this is accurate my understanding is there was a stretch of time when things were really bad or at least like very uncertain that everybody was local um and then they once i don't know if there was even a reason but at some point they opened it back up and because the the there were a couple people that that flew in that were there with me. So Uh I know that it wasn't just local people. I went in December. So they called me in November to tell me, and they were like, we need you to come in uh, December. I don't know. 17th, I think is the date. And they, and and to be an alternate. So basically like if somebody passes out, which I get, I guess happens. uh, Or if like somebody, if there's like a, or if somebody just like can't make it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, or yeah, I mean, whatever happens, it, it happened enough that they needed to make a contingency plan for it. <laughs> and they, uh, so so they, they use locals as alternates, because like, I can just drive, you know, they don't have to put me up anywhere, yeah. I can just drive to Culver City. And so but what was cool about that was I got to watch five episodes get taped. So like I got to watch a week of shows live um, with Ken Jennings as the host. Yeah, and cool. those have already aired. Um and it was, I got to watch, one of the guys went on like a four game run. It was wild. It was, it was very cool. And just like watching it live was very cool and not feeling any pressure. Like, all right, I'm going to go up next against this like powerhouse dude. Yeah. Um, but that, and so then, then they, they called me back to the actual show on, uh, on inauguration day. Well, they called me, oh, they actually called me on my birthday, which was very cool. That's the best birthday um, present. I got the, I got the call. I got the call on January 4th. 
uh, and to let me know that that they needed me to come in on on January twentieth. So excellent. Yeah. So who was was Ken on your was Ken hosting yours or was it one of the other folks? It was uh, it was Katie Couric. <gasps> What? Oh, I kind of was. I kind of. I do love Brad too, though. I was like, oh, it was Brad because he's doing some. I think too, right? I don't know. Brad the, Rutter. The ones I know about, and this isn't like inside scoop. No, yeah, yeah they've they've announced about. some of them. Yeah. Yeah, I can did did a few, um, and then the executive producer, I think his name is Mike Richards, did like a couple weeks, um, and then Katie Couric is this week and next week and maybe cool. after that i don't know but she's she's already had like if if you were to watch it tonight tonight would be the last episode of her first week uh-huh. which which is really just a day of shooting right um because there'll be five episodes in a day um and then i know like aaron Rodgers, mine bialik um aaron Rodgers, so much yeah, aaron yeah. Rodgers news lately yeah he's all over <laughs> the know, place that's right jody yeah, foster <laughs> You almost wonder if it's like coordinated. Um, but yeah, and then I know Dr. Oz is hosting, which there was a little bit of uh discomfort. Yeah, no, thank you. Because, yeah, and there was like this I I was I like started following the Jeopardy Reddit because I just like want to see how people talk about contestants because I'm super self-conscious about that. And it's a lot of it's not nice, but a lot of it is really nice. And they were like, we need a petition to stop Dr. Oz from hosting. And then it turns out he had already like recorded his episodes and it was way too late, but, um, but yeah, it's exciting. And Katie, I mean, Katie Kirk of that group, I love Ken Jennings. I have, um, yeah. I have this, this big, uh, trivia almanac right here. Yep. Um, and I was, you know, 15 when he went on his like historic run. So it was like, I, I was like, Oh, this would be really cool to be on his show. Um, but when I went to, when I went to the taping, he, he was great. I mean, he was, I thought he did a great job, but he didn't like mingle very much. And I was like, Oh, I probably wouldn't even really have gotten to talk to him. Um, and then it was Katie Couric and she was so nice and like hung out and like during commercials. And, and it's not, I was really impressed because it's a really difficult thing to do, like hosting the show. And everybody's kept saying like, Alex made it look really easy. Like he, you know, he'd been doing it for so long mm-hmm. and it was so smooth and he made it look really easy and it's not that easy. And so um, for her to be able to do the hosting part, which she's, I think she's doing an amazing job um, and also like sit and chat with the contestants and like the, the other contestants were in the audience and like talking with them. She was just, she was the best. She was everything you, you would hope Katie Kirk to be in person. It was so nice. I love that. Um, that makes sense to me though, that they would then ask the executive producer because he's going to know every beat he's going to know every transition right so it's like he might not have the charisma i don't know i don't know this man maybe he did but like he at least is going to know how to run the show right like and how to keep everything moving in the way it needs to um so you have the almanac did you so i have i guess two very related questions one did you use that to study and two do you study or how do you study like it once you know that you're going to be on do you focus on a specific area that you find you might have weakness? Like, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, that's this is a question I ask myself over and over again. Yeah, I so I, basically I went right to the internet and googled like, okay, I'm going to be on Jeopardy. Like, what do I do? Um, and there's a surprising amount of resources for a show that doesn't you know doesn't have that many contestants. Like, you know, relative to the percentage of the world, but mm-hmm. there are a lot of people who write about their experience. And there are some like 
trademarked like terms and people who came up with certain strategies for studying. And so I just kind of like, I'm not much of like a studier in general. Like I, I, I was not, I was, I was obviously like a smart enough kid, but not very like good at school or studying. And so, um, I, and I have ADD too, which like makes studying very, very hard. Uh, but I, so I, I went through all that. The, the number one piece of advice I found was that there's a website called J archive, which has literally every episode, every question, every, everything in the history of the show. Um, and so, and it's, and it's kind of like laid out on a board, uh, cool. and you can see, and it, it's, 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 it's like cool for a Jeopardy fan, but it's also really helpful as somebody studying because you get to kind of, so my wife would, we would put it up on the TV. I would stand next to the couch and this is exactly what Ken, I would later read Ken Jennings book and this is exactly what he did. Um, and no spoiler, but I did not do as well as he did. Uh, but, but he, like, I would stand with a, with a pen actually with this pen, um, and just like practice, like buzzing in and clicking. Um, and so my wife would read the clue. I would buzz in, I would wait till she was done and buzz in. And then I would keep track on a little spreadsheet of like what I got right. And then kind of compare it to, it's called a Coriat score, which is like, I think the calculation of it is the, the, the total number of, of the total dollar amount that all three contestants would have received if you take away daily doubles and like bad wagers and stuff. So it includes like what they got right and what, what they got wrong. Um, and I would just try to like be as close to that as possible. So I would, I would keep track of like on this game, I was like, you know, $400 better than the Coriat score, or I was like, in some cases, like $20,000 worse than the Coriad score, uh, which was sort of demoralizing. But um, I just tried to be like close to that score. And that way, my strategy was just if I can beat them to the question, then that's all I need to do. Because it because it was getting to the point where I was studying so much where I was like, I think I can I think I can hang basically like, yeah, when I first started studying, and I've thought about this a lot, because I first auditioned when I was like 22 or 23, when I was teaching, and I thought I was, uh, can I, can I swear? I won't, yeah. I don't have to. I, yeah. thought I, was, I thought I was hot shit. And I was yeah. like, oh my God, I'm, I'm like, I'm so smart. I'm going to go on Jeopardy and dominate. And I never got the call, thank God. Because now <laughs> when I actually started studying, I was like getting blown away by these questions and like blown away by full categories. I was mm-hmm. like, oh boy, I'm going to get embarrassed if I don't like really study some, some of these gaps. So I made, um, this is not useful for podcast listeners, but so you can see. Our, vi- our viewers, the, I call them. The, the viewers, these are the flashcards I made. Whoa, that's awesome. I'm a flashcard girl. Yes. A lot yeah. of flashcards. Um, and yeah, I basically just focused on, I started with the stuff that I had the biggest gaps in, which mm-hmm. were uh, classical music, um, like opera, things like that, mm-hmm. uh, science, anatomy, stuff like that, yep. which is never a strong suit. So I have like, pictures of the bones in the hand, um, things like that. And then, and then I tried to go to like higher leverage stuff. So I would go to like, there's also, you know, you watch Jeopardy enough and you know that like certain things aren't going to come up on Jeopardy. So I don't have to necessarily study every single book that's ever been written, but I probably want to know like the modern library top 100. So I went and wrote the, the title of the book and the author, of flashcards just that way like if something comes up and it's like you know this Carson McCullers novel I'm like all right well 
It's probably the hardest. The hardest only hunter. hunter. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know that any other Carson McCullers book is going to come up on Jeopardy. So, um, and I don't know. I don't think that came up on the episode, but um, just as an example. So, yeah. So between the the JR Cav studying, which was a which was a accurate reflection of what like the standard um, mix of questions would be in an episode, yeah, and like diligent flashcard studying, um, I, I went in feeling like, you know. I felt I felt like I had a fighting chance at least, which which I, I think when I first got the call, I didn't even realize that I probably wasn't in that place. So that, Molly and I were talking about like the actual buzzer. Well, I was to say it's funny because it leads me to my next question. I was like, Sarah, I have so much. Yeah, but I that's what you hear. Like I like is that the buzzer can be the most challenging thing. Is like you have to be the first one to get in, right? Um, how difficult yeah. is the buzzer? <laughs> you know. It's the trickiest part, which somehow in my like, well, I guess I didn't read that much if I'm being honest, but in my, in my scanning of the internet, I, what they don't tell you is like, you can, I'll I'll see if you you can hear it. Like when you click a pen, you Mm. hear this. Yep. Right. Like you hear the clickiness. There's no clicking on the Jeopardy buzzer. It's just like like a a sensation of pressing down. It, but but it's this it has the same give as a clicky pen if that makes sense like it's clearly a spring or whatever I I don't know what I'm talking about but I'm, but that's what it feels like yeah. and so so that was weird when I so they do like a dress rehearsal um, before you, the call is like seven a.m. you're kind of and especially with COVID you're kind of like you're spread out actually for COVID we were our green room which is usually like behind the stage the green room was actually the wheel of fortune set. So we were sitting in the wheel of fortune <laughs> audience waiting to go on to Jeopardy, which was pretty cool. Um, so the big wheel was there and everything. There's a big sign that says like, do not touch the wheel under any circumstance. Um, and so we're, you're sitting there for a couple hours while they're like going through the game and going through the rules and going through some of the, the FAQs of like, you know, what people want to know about timing and final Jeopardy and things like that. And then they bring three people in at a time to do a dress rehearsal. And there are uh, screens in the green room where you can see them rehearsing. Um, and that was when I learned that I was not good on the buzzer. Um, like, I don't know that I got a single question. And I don't think I, I don't think I beat anybody to any question in the dress rehearsal. I just kept getting beat. And, and they're really nice because they'll tell you at the dress rehearsal and also like, before and after commercials and like whenever there's a break like there's uh there's people there who like contesting coordinators who will like come up and and every time there's a pause they'll come up and have you test your buzzer and then they'll they know if you're early or late so they'll come up and they'll be like hey just a heads up you're like a little bit early um and so that way you can like recalibrate as the game goes on and you're not stuck in the same rhythm um, but the, the dressers will help me cause I figured out how, how to best hold it, which is another thing I was worried about. Like my annoying family kept being like, don't, don't be annoying with the buzzer. Like, don't look annoying. And I'm like, I'm going to have other stuff on you my You can mind. see those people um, though. <laughs> it, well, I know, but I was, I was conscious of that too. I didn't want to get, yeah. um, so I, I, I figured out the best way to like give myself leverage. I also, this is like kind of a non sequitur, but about a year and a half ago, I broke my dominant thumb. Oh no. It's it's like bent. And and it really did like, 
I'm not using it as an excuse uh, per se, <laughs> but it really did like slow my, I was afraid it would like really slow me down. And I, I was kind of like in my head, I was like, I'm going to have to use my left thumb. But when I got in there, it was, it, 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 it didn't slow me down enough that it was slower than my, 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 what do you, what's non-dominant thumb, whatever my left. Yeah. Thumb. Um, and so I just kind of like, yeah, I just kind of gripped it. And the, the, the thing I was told was that it's when the person is done talking um, but there is actually a visual cue, like around the edge of the, um, what, what, what's the word there? The, the screen, like the big, yeah. where all the categories the are big, yeah. around the edge of it, there's a little, uh, string of lights. And when, when you're allowed to buzz in those lights, turn on and your buzzer unlocks. Oh, so but it like, it like flashes, it's like a blink. And so you have to just kind of like catch it, be ready for it. You have to be like so, listening, yes. but also kind of like, cause I was, what I was going to ask Cause when you said early, I was like, Oh, is there a point where like, if you start to click, like click, it doesn't activate or whatever. Right. Like it, or it won't like, I believe you get locked out for a quarter of a second, oh, wow. which it, which will be the difference. Yeah. Right? If somebody else knows the answer. Um, I think that's what the, what the time is. So yeah, if you buzz in before you see that light, basically like you want to time it. So you're buzzing it. So like you, literally like, so by the time your thumb gets like down to the bottom of the buzzer, the lights turning on, which you, which you can kind of get into that rhythm. Um, but, but you know, the, but between, between the fact that like all questions are different and like it was Katie's second day of doing this, like there wasn't always a rhythm to get into. So it was a lot harder, I think, than, than probably it was for Alex's contestants, but that kind of, I mean, it's, equally hard for everybody so it's an even playing field still but it was it was a it was a it was a tricky thing to get used to but um it's crazy I did get a couple questions right so yeah um I was telling Sarah about the test because I've taken it a couple times and or like I did last year at some point and then like on and off for various years like if I remembered that I had signed up for it there was like a few times I was like oh and I was telling her how it like it just ends and they don't they just tell you nothing and it's like we'll call you in six to nine months <laughs> like Maybe. if whatever right and so I was like there you have no like way of knowing anything like maybe I got every question right but it was COVID so I did not get every question right but like but it was COVID so they're not calling people from whatever for a few months like I don't know but um it's so crazy just how how long mysterious. is the test I think it's is it 30 questions you get 15 seconds to to type your answer to each one i think it's 30 it's like 20 or 30 yeah Yeah. but you get i know you get you get 15 seconds like to type and they say to like if you have a typo but they can decipher that you wrote the correct word it's fine like it's because like they know that you're trying to type quickly but like it's all open response yeah but it's like one to it's usually like one or two word answers right it's not, and yeah. you don't have to type what is or who is or anything. So mm-hmm. it's just like, you just need to be able to answer the questions like quickly and correctly. Open response is such a teacher way to describe. Uh, it's short <laughs> answer, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. This wrench was named for a primate and invented in Worcester, Mass. <laughs> what is, is a monkey true? wrench? Yeah. A monkey wrench was invented in Worcester? Yeah. Oh, so I didn't many know things. that. That's great. I'm going to add that um, to my list of things. that I have my Worcester shirt on. I noticed. Oh, yeah. I love it. Well, so when you, so when we got your message, I was like, oh my God, Sarah, this guy that I think, you know, like just messaged us and he's going to be on Jeopardy. I was so excited. But then I was thinking, cause you said like, I'm only, I'm the eighth person, which seems so low, right? It does but seem low. Alicia Witt, the child prodigy 
Worcester native. I remember when she was on it. I remember watching her episode for some reason when it aired. Do you know her? She what was, era? In the, it was in the late 90s or maybe early 2000s. No. So she was a, a literal child prodigy, like a, a genius like piano player. And she got famous when she was like 13. She was from Worcester. And then she like started acting. And so then she was just like on Jeopardy. And my mom was like, that girl's from Worcester. She's Alicia a genius. Wit. All yeah, right. we'll yeah. track her down. And she's been in a ton of stuff. She's in, she's on. She was on. She had an arc on Friday Night Lights. What? And yeah, she's and she's in one of my favorite Hallmark Christmas movies. Oh my! She's got like flaming red hair. She's in Two Weeks Notice, starring my favorite actor Hugh Grant. <laughs> um, oh yeah, she's yeah, been she's, on. She's been on Celebrity Jeopardy. I was see, was yeah, it yeah. when she was famous? I couldn't remember if it was when she was famous or when she was still just a regular genius person um but yeah she became an actress uh it looks like it was celebrity jeopardy because it looked oh so that's the other thing about cool that this is how i figured this out about worcester is um the j archive website has a search function that you can search any term anything so i immediately went and searched worcester and saw um and saw like the i think there have been three clues ever about worcester and then seven people um, some of them, so mine is going to say, I believe mine will say originally from Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, some of them said from Worcester, Massachusetts, and I was like snooping on them to try to figure out if they were really from Worcester. You're like, are you them, from Auburn? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but one of them just said, one of them definitely wasn't from Worcester. Cause I found her, she was like a recent one and I found her Twitter in it and she was a Holy Cross person. Oh. And so she lived in Worcester. So was, was it? Uh, was it what was she on college? Is that why maybe? No, I think just maybe she just lived in Worcester after she yeah. after she went to Holy Cross or something. Um, Wait, yeah. the part that my husband always fast forwards through, but I really enjoy is like the little bio where they're like, <laughs> tell me about yourself. And they everyone always says the most random things, especially the longer you've been on, like the longer you run, right. the more weird you, the factoids. You have get. to supply um, a crazier anecdote every day. Can you tell us what was your like first foiree? What did you say? Ooh, am I allowed to talk about that? I suppose I, I probably am, right? Because it's um, not, well, it's not about the... Not result of the game. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay. I mean, I've, I've told this story before. Most, most people who know me know, one of my friends said, um, I hope people like your Taylor Swift story. Like, <gasps> I didn't even have to tell them. <gasps> Sarah yeah. loves Taylor Swift. Oh my goddess. <laughs> How exciting. Was, um, what a perfect match. I was in, cool. when I was in college, I interned at Saturday Night Live for a semester. And one of the weeks I was there, it was the fall of 2009, and Taylor Swift was the host and the musical guest. And uh, she had a digital short that they needed extras for. So I was uh, in the background of one of the digital shorts. And I got to, like, meet her and talk to her a little bit. So. Was it Thug cool. Story? It was, um, it was uh, uh, Firelight. It was the Twilight spoof. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Yeah. That is very, very cool. I love Taylor. Yeah, Taylor is Sarah's soulmate. Yeah. Besides me. It, I'm her other It was really something. And we're, we're like, the same, we were born in the same year. And so, like, I was, I was, uh, I was very enamored with her. 1989. Oh. 1989, that's right. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Now, who is your wife? Uh, my wife, her name is Lauren. Uh, we met doing Teach for America together. Uh, we taught in the same high school, and then we taught in the same classroom. Oh, wow. Um, she, she's a special ed teacher. I was a gen ed teacher. 
Um, and we taught for three years together in the same classroom while we were dating. And now she's a special ed administrator uh, at Aspire Charter Schools out here. Cool. Um, yeah, she's amazing. TFA in LA? No, T- just TFA in Boston. Or in, oh, in Boston. Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah, in Chelsea. Yeah, there are sites here in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Um, Chelsea is Chelsea was like the hardest hit community by COVID in the state. Wow, it was. Yeah, yeah. and I, it was. It was. I think there was a point where it was like worse than Manhattan. Like, yeah, in like percentages like and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was um, in Chelsea like a year ago, pretty much, pretty much a year ago, like this week. I was in New York for my fantasy baseball draft. And then I was in Boston for work and it was like, right as this was starting to get bad. And I was like, we'll just, you know, hands, I was like hand sanitizing like crazy. But then my buddy and I went to MoMA and then I, and then I like got on an Amtrak and went to Boston and went and visited Chelsea high school and like hugged all my old friends and teachers and stuff. And like, it was so bad. It was so unsafe. I think it's amazing. I mean, maybe I wouldn't have been tested. I didn't get a COVID test for another like five months after that. No one did. We didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, No one had any Uh, idea, but definitely not safe. Same. I was in Cambridge the day of the biogen conference. Oh yeah. And then the next week I was like, Oh no. And the biogen (laughs) conference ended up being responsible for like 400,000 cases, like in new England or that's, that's a main, don't, don't fact check that number. I, but it was a lot of cases. Yeah. Um, but you had a 7.9 yeah. FM. Don't, fa- yeah. is that even right? 97.9. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. But you had a good experience in Chelsea. I mean, you um, stayed longer than some, some folks let do like teach and work and do. Right. Yeah. Not, not as long as, um, as I would have liked. And it, it certainly wasn't easy. Like I, if I didn't have the desire to move to Los Angeles, I would have taught at Chelsea high school forever. Um, I loved my experience there. I loved my kids. Um, it was very cool to get to work with Lauren and she is so, I can't describe how good she is at her job. And and so I I got to learn a lot from her and, um, yeah, I miss those kids. I I get to stay in touch with a lot of them. Like one of them is a, is an up and coming rapper in Boston. Cool. Uh, Shout out Lou Slums. Um, and he's really good. And like, thank God, because I would have been supportive no matter what, but he like genuinely puts out bangers and, uh, and he came to our wedding and we had a couple students. We had one of our students oh read at our God. wedding. So, um, oh my God. yeah, it was, it, it's, it's a very special place to me. And I think, uh, I don't know. I love it. I love Chelsea. Awesome. Aww. That's um, so cool. Are you still doing comedy? That's what I was gonna ask. A little bit. <laughs> I kind of stopped doing stand up, but but I miss it a lot, and I've been writing a lot recently. And I think once I have the opportunity to, I'm gonna try to get back on stage. There's like a weird dynamic in LA for stand up where like your options are open mics, which I don't like, which is my own problem that I have to deal with. Um, (laughs) But I just don't like them. So I avoid them. Uh, But that's like how you get better and how people start to know you. And then there's shows called bringers, which are like real shows with real audiences and like real comics, like famous people um, that you, that I've gotten to perform on, but like, I only get to perform if I bring 10 friends yeah. and it's like, you know, a $40 date night for people. And, and I did a bunch of those at the comedy store and kind of like got, I just, I ran out of friends basically. Like I, yeah. I you know, like, like I, you can only ask, you don't ask people to come to that stuff for like so many times before you like genuinely start to feel guilty about it. Well, at and least then, it wasn't um, improv. 
<laughs> I say that as someone who like loves that stuff. I that was like that was a very like inside baseball. Like. No, no, no. But I also I also did three or four levels at the. UC you got a Harold team. Um, no, well, I never I never joined a Harold team. I did improv all through high school and college, so mm-hmm. that was like my bread and butter. I never really wanted to do stand up until I got to LA. Um, I get, actually that's not true. I did a little bit of stand up in Boston, but um, I never thought that my I thought I was a pretty strong improviser and I never thought it translated to stand up. Um, but I did do some improv out here, but yes, I mean, I, 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 I asked, I think I asked some friends to come to like my level one show and I was so mortified that I was like, I don't know how anybody ever asks people to come to this stuff. I, I it's something I have to get over obviously if I like want to perform for people, but there's a lot of embarrassment around, um, around that kind of thing. Um, but right, right now the, the, I just wrote a, short well not just I guess it was like two years ago at this point but my buddy Joel and I just made a short film um that I wrote and starred in uh called Toother which is like a conspiracy theory comedy and um and then we also have a an improvised web series called Dear John where we uh (gasps) is that a Taylor Swift (laughs) reference (laughs) there's so many references that that could be Sarah (laughs) um no and it's not a Channing Tatum Amanda Seyfried reference either it's um I saw that movie in the movie uh, theater I've actually never seen it I uh and it it uh, it always destroys us on YouTube like when I go to search for our show but yeah it's basically MTV Cribs but for people's bathrooms um so we just like go into people's bathrooms and goof around yeah we've Um, talked about that because I wrote restaurant reviews in Worcester for a long time and I always said like the the restaurant ecosystem is not strong enough for me to be trashing restaurants but to to review bathrooms like very specifically would be brilliant right I love it I love it what's your favorite uh what's your What's your favorite Worcester restaurant? Redemption Rock has the best bathrooms. I'll say that. Um, oh, yeah. They have the best Have bathrooms. you ever been? It's a brewery now off Shrewsbury Street. It's, it's great. really cool. And they have tampons in the bathrooms, which is well, what I love about it. That's not what makes it great, Sarah. What I makes know, it great is that it's like, well, they're beautiful, but the bathroom at at Redemption Rock is you walk into a corridor and there are just six, or is this like six-ish individual like full closed door bathrooms like it's not there's no oh nice yeah there's no gender assigned rooms or anything like that and so it goes really quick too because if girls take a little bit longer it doesn't matter because everyone's just in and out yeah and it's awesome you know but yes, a they are pretty. who has a female ceo you got good bathrooms yes they have great yeah. bathrooms there though but my favorite restaurant I love Armsy Abbey, but we both work there, so that's, like, kind of <laughs> a bias. We but, do love, yes. We do um, love but I also love Dead Horse Hill, so mm-hmm. I don't know if you are connected to David Chang on any of his many media. Um, he's done a cool Netflix show. He has a great yeah. podcast on The Ringer. It, yeah, and he uh, he was on a podcast I listened to called Smartless. Um, oh. He was a guest on it, and he was great. Um it's his rest. He has a restaurant in Worcester. I didn't even know that. It's one of his protégés. Yeah. <laughs> like he does not. That would be wild. Can you imagine if he was like, this is where I'm opening my new restaurant. But that's how I always convince my New York friends. I'm like, look, this guy opened Noodle Bar with David Chang. Yeah. Jared Foreman is the um, mm-hmm. the head chef. He always blows everyone out of the water. Yeah, he's great. One thing I really like about his cooking, he cooks a lot of things well, but I love how he prepares vegetables yes. in particular. Yeah, he wants to make <laughs> them the main character. Yes. Um, yes. Do you have any, like when you moved out to LA, did you, do you have any like network or like, did you meet anyone from this area? 
Because there's a lot of transplants in L.A. I mean, like, obviously it's all transplants, but, like, there's a lot of people from, like, Boston and Worcester in L.A. Yeah, it was um, our, our, our main network was my buddy, Joel, who I just mentioned, who's a, just this brilliant filmmaker and cinematographer who's worked on a bunch of Netflix shows and made a bunch of his own short films. He's Joel Marsh is his name. He's he's really, really talented. Um, and we met because we had a mutual friend uh, that I went to high school with that he went to college with. Um, so we knew each other in Boston. Then he came out here to USC and he was kind of our like foundational network. Um, we quickly made friends at work and stuff. And then there were a couple other people out here that we, that we more or less knew. There was a buddy of mine from college who, uh, ended up producing that short film. So the, the, the short film, while it was shot in Echo Park, Los Angeles is actually like the product of four Massachusetts boys. Um, so yeah, it was nice, but, but really we've, we've, we found our, a little niche out here with, um, you know, I, between working in the nonprofit space and Lauren working in schools for five years now, like. It's a very comfortable group of people, um, you know, with a lot of the same life experiences. So not not too many like industry friends per se, but that's probably for the best. Um, like we have some friends who work in TV and movies and stuff, but I would say our, our close uh, our close knit group of friends is is a lot of people in education, which has been really nice. That's excellent. Yeah, we're good people. We are good people. Um, <laughs> yeah, can I ask, I do. do you live in Echo Park? I do. Cool. Yeah. Echo Park is very hip. It's where Shia LaBeouf grew up. Ooh. I know he's like out. He's on the oh. outs right now, but that is where he grew up. <laughs> um, yeah, that's where I that's where I proposed was uh, Echo Park Lake. Nice. Very nice. When does your episode air? The episode airs Tuesday, uh, March 16th. Cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm in. I cannot wait. I am so excited. I know. I'm like. Right. Um, and we'll Are put. Are you ready? I'm gonna share. I'm gonna share these pictures with you now. Oh yes, 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 yes. yes. That was okay. my last question. I was like, we gotta see this. Yes. I'm so, so excited. This, this is me and Meg Quick. Oh, oh my God. Was she? Ma- <gasps> That's me. Sarah, you look exactly the same. Thank you. I will take that as a huge compliment. I never wore makeup. I was going to say, I'm not wearing makeup. You like your eyeshadow. Let me see. I think I I might have another one of you, Sarah. Um, I love that. Thank you. Yes. Sarah was. You have to send those to us. Sarah was telling me how, like, they they just were like, you are a disciple. Yeah, because I think (laughs) I was a senior and they were like, well, she's not a very good singer. And I remember my voice cracked. They gave me one line. My voice cracked and I was like, oh, oh no. But oh, I here's just... the other one. This one this one's actually I think this one's the best one. Oh man. Yes. Oh I... Jenna. And I'm I like, saying, oh no. I have so many pictures <laughs> that are this picture. Like so many. Except for we just look different because in the pictures that I have, we're all wearing costumes <laughs> from Fiddler on the Roof. They're putting lipstick on each other. Oh, uh, yeah. McSherry. Sean mm-hmm. McSherry. Yep. Yes. That's awesome. In every single picture I have from backstage of musicals that I did in high school, everyone's eyebrows, regardless of whether they got makeup put on them or not, look insane. And I don't know what it is. Uh, You got to make them pop, especially these bad boys. I had a lot of mascara on, a lot of makeup, trying to to work on that acne I had, uh, really working overtime. You're (laughs) a cutie, Brendan. Yeah. So, like, yeah, in all my pictures, we all have, like, modern faces of makeup and then, like, like, 
early night early 20th century like russian clothes on <laughs> and it, like we're like yeah this is welcome to anatevka but i'm still very close with jenna um she lives in dc now and works in counterterrorism at the pentagon yeah jenna's a, jenna's a spy or something <laughs> jenna's a spy uh but yeah I always have a nice brunette sidekick, regardless. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You always have want to have one, you yeah. know, just to just to be safe. Exactly. Yeah. Is there anything else that you would want our listeners to know about your exciting journey? Yeah, this is thrilling. Um, no, uh, except that I'm I am uh, hopefully going to launch my own trivia company. So I've been hosting trivia every week for a year now. Um, because when we all had to go inside, yeah. I was like, I'm going to not deal with this well, unless I have something fun to do. So I just threw it out to like friends on Instagram, like, Hey, I'm going to do like virtual trivia if people want to try it and have been kind of like playing around with it for a year and writing my own games and, and coming up with questions and stuff. And, uh, through that started like getting random gigs here and there. And I was like, you know what? I think I kind of want to turn this into like a small business. So um it's called lucky guess trivia and uh it's super fun so if anybody is interested can we um, still do it online right now um what do you mean like do you do we join your like could we play i would love that yes um, we did for um, a few weeks yeah because we were doing that in the beginning of quarantine kind of dropped off oh cool it was like Uh, a friend of a friend it was was like i'm doing this with google forms or whatever we were yeah it it was really it was fun yeah it was really fun but i would love to do it that's exactly how i do it actually i do um it's like it's all over zoom like different rounds yeah, and then every the the I have a the Google form is how you submit answers, and then I also play a song in between each question, and the song is a clue. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a, it's a fun game. People, I, I think people really like it, and I I think it uh it took me a while to come to terms with that because I I thought it was just kind of for fun, and I was like, you know what, I could probably like because the one I do every week, I do I charge everybody like five bucks. Yeah, why not? And then the winning team gets all the money and donates it to the charity of their choice. That's so, so cool. Yeah, yeah we'll you got to monetize that shit. Get on. Well, right, yeah. And, and I'm getting tired of, of watching all that money go to uh, needy people. I want it to go to me. So <laughs> I am um, in need, yeah. <laughs> no, I, it's it's great. We've raised like $6,500 wow. for oh um, God, charities okay. and like a bunch of progressive, like, you know, in, in like October, November, like pretty much everything went to Ossoff and Warnock, which was really cool. That is um, awesome. Yeah, it was. It's been really fun, and, and people seem to like it. And uh, we do it every Thursday. So yeah, I'll, I'll I'll add you both to the yeah. to the list serve, and you can opt in whenever you want. And I'll make sure to send those pictures as well. Yeah, All right. I can't wait. Well, thank you I'm so, so much. Excited. Yeah, thank you. This was a blast. Thanks so much. It was good yeah. to see you again, Sarah. Yeah. It was nice to see you too. And next time you're in town, let us know. We'll do some trivia. <laughs> yes, I would love that. All right, dude. <laughs> Have a good one. We'll see you soon. Well, that was great. That was. It was easy. Yeah, he's like, well, that makes sense, right? Theater people. Yeah.